Welcome to a very special edition of the 55-1 podcast uh, coming out midweek. I'm Wes Berdine. I'm Jeff Reuter, and this is the only time you're going to hear my voice in the entirety of the next, like, 30 minutes. Yeah, basically what, what we've got for you is we are leading into the draft this week, the MLS Super Draft, and it's pretty exciting. It's, it's uh, you know, first Super Draft for Minnesota United fans. And so what we decided to do is um, talk to two guys. One is a guy named Jeremy Ebobis, and he is a uh, he came out of Duke. He is uh, you know grew up in Maryland. He's 19 year old striker, and looks to be probably almost definitely I don't know how to define that uh, the number one pick that Minnesota United has. So it's very likely he will be a Minnesota United player. If not, let's say Minnesota. He never comes to Minnesota United except for to be. Uh, on someone else's team. Um, he's still a really fascinating guy. Uh, his Twitter personality is, uh, you know, for, for a, uh, hardcore Marxist like myself, uh, <laughs> a, a, a dream. I, I, he sounds like a fantastic dude. He's a very smart guy as well. Um, I really love how you can hear him pause after I would ask him questions and think about that. I'm a sucker for that kind of I'm stuff. I'm going to let Wes catch his breath here and get that twinkle out of his eye. Oh. And, <laughs> and we're going to talk about the second one here. The second guy, sorry. Jackson Ewell. Jackson Ewell. Uh, from Minnesota. He is a Minnesota Thunder Academy alum. He went to UCLA for two years. He set a college record by assisting on three goals in 35 seconds. Uh, I'll let you research whether or not that's with a running clock or with a stopping clock. I think it's impressive either way. He is a Generation Adidas prospect, which means that he's guaranteed to be paid for MLS for the next three years or so. And that was his way of getting coaxed to go into the MLS draft, the Super Draft, after his sophomore year. He's one of the 10 most sought-after prospects on every single big board um, for he'll, this upcoming draft. He'll be a top 10 pick. He'll go sure. in the yeah top six, even, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, so yeah, we're going to let you just listen to the, those conversations. We're also going to be catching up with them at the draft, hopefully after they're drafted and, and catch up and, and see um, how they're feeling about it. Um, this is the 55.1 podcast. Please check us out on the website, 55.1, and uh, subscribe to this podcast. It's on Stitcher, iTunes, and uh, Google Play, and um, uh, the, your Sound grandma's cloud. vitriola as well, and uh, any Betamax across America. Yep, That's true. Exactly. You can pick up a rock and put it to your ear, and we're probably on that too. So enjoy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeremy Bobasi, um, a forward from Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, I played for Duke University for two seasons, and I'm entering the draft class. I'm also a member of the U20 national team, and I played my club soccer with Bethesda only. Great. Thanks. So I want to kind of get a, a sense first um, uh, from you of, of kind of uh, where you kind of experienced, where you kind of fell in love with soccer. Was that um, at a pretty young age, or when did that happen? I'd say I really got into the sport at, um, around five or so, uh, I grew up in a family really oriented around soccer. Uh, my brother played at a recreational level at first, but he moved on as well to, to pretty competitive uh, leagues. So just watching him play, coupled with 
family watching the World Cups together and, and eventually the league as well kind of uh, piqued my interest for the game. And then I myself got involved at a competitive level at like seven or eight. Um, and from then it was just like it started as a way to kick around and, and expend my energy, but I realized I was pretty good and it was enjoyable, so I tried to take it as seriously as possible and it's gotten me to this point. Uh, your your experience at Duke, um, what what was your experience there, both then, I'm going to ask about soccer, but then also off the pitch uh, academically? You, you had t- two years there, right, before you, before you mm-hmm. left? Mm-hmm. Duke was, I mean, I made some of the best memories there, easily. Uh, soccer and non-soccer. Obviously, the, the academic side is really, really t- challenging. Uh, just going from practice in the morning to maybe five hours of classes in a row, followed by hours of homework is just one of the hardest things to manage, as well with the waitress and, and all that. Um, but it, it was it was exactly what I was looking for in the school um, to couple it with extremely uh, competitive soccer and ACC uh, and a really professional environment. And we were treated perfectly we had the best facilities uh and i thought that we had the right guidance from our coaches moving forward to kind of help us whether we were training individually with them or uh we were meeting with them to talk about performance evaluation and that kind of stuff or we were just preparing for games i felt that um, they handled their end on the logistics side on the tactics and, and all that um to give ourselves every opportunity to become better individuals but also grow as a team so from a soccer perspective, I think um, from a soccer and academic and cultural perspective, I think I made the best decision that I could have made at the time, and I would never change it. Uh, what were you studying while you were there? Um, so I was undeclared at the time, but I was moving into an econ track. So I was going to be an econ major with a psychology minor, probably. Um, I was flirting with education and I mean there were a few other like certificates that combine a few uh, subjects that I was also considering but and then I think I would have ended up sticking with econ and psych sure did, did, did you go into Duke uh, knowing or thinking that you may not be there to complete it you may you'd want to go pro uh, earlier or, or was that just something that kind of once you got to Duke, uh, the the opportunity presented itself to you. I think when I was so I had the opportunity to go uh, train with certain professional teams uh, when I was fifteen, and at that moment I knew that it was very much a possibility that if things went right, uh, I would have an opportunity to go pro. So when I was being recruited, I kind of made that thought very very public to the coaches. But, at several different schools, and Duke was really open about it. They understood that it was my dream, and they said they would never stop me, and they'd never even tried. They encouraged me along the way. So I definitely would say that I went in with the thought in the back of my head that I might not be spending all four years there, but I just tried to make the most out of uh, every semester I was there, and, and I was grateful that my teammates and my coaches uh, and then the academic support staff as well uh, – kind of pushed me on to, to the professional world when I decided I was ready. Uh, one of the th- things that um, stands out to me uh, about you is, is your kind of uh, your advocacy 
um, this kind of really thoughtful, um, uh, strong advocacy for social justice issues on Twitter. And I wonder, is that, um, is that something that is kind of ingrained in you from, from youth? Like, uh, or, or is it something that, you know, Duke uh, being a particularly, um, you know, social justice oriented university, kind of something you, you developed there? Mm, I would say, uh, as when I was younger, I was a little bit more content to kind of let things be the way they were. And I kind of, I had a lot of this knowledge, but I just kept to myself and decided that, I mean, there was nothing I can do about it. Um, but recently I would say my brother, uh, took kind of a greater stance publicly and he kind of encouraged me to do the same. And, and we talk a lot. I'm really close to my brother and I, I like to think that the stuff that I say isn't damaging. I think that I'm trying to promote thought. Mostly it started just to promote thoughts uh, among my friends, um, but I'm starting to get a little bit more followers and, and different people are reading my the stuff that comes out of my mouth. So, of course, I need to be careful that I'm keeping my emotions out of it and just really staying to kind of the academic sources or, or the news sources. And, but I think it's important that I, I stick to what, to what I think and that I let it be known because um, I just think that there are a lot of people in this country that are underrepresented and if it means uh, a tweet or an article shared, uh, I don't think it's, it's too bad of an idea. But I think as well uh, that that was kind of influenced at Duke. Uh, I was there when there were a series of racial issues going on. Uh, we had a, a noose found on campus. We had um, hung it on a tree on the main quad on campus. We had a girl who reported that she was racially, like, racially abused by some guy. So there was a lot of advocacy going on within the Duke community, uh, a lot of student groups versus the board and trying to come to conclusions together. And I kind of watched from the outside, and I didn't really want to get involved. I felt that I didn't have the time to get involved. I felt that it wasn't really my place, but I look back, and I wish I had done a little bit more. Yeah, so I'm, and it's kind of interesting to see, to see you be so kind of open and um, confident in those views, particularly as someone who, you know, you're, you're about to start, you, you played, uh, certainly with uh, Charleston this year, but you're about to like launch into this uh, big professional career and, and to do that from the outset. Um, I'm just kind of uh, fascinated by, by that kind of ability uh, and kind of the, the bravery it takes to, to, to just make those say your opinion when I'm sure that there's a lot of people telling you, you should just stick to, you know, sending out some tweets with some good inspirational sports quotes. But see, I think, that in itself is a little bit of a problem because there's more to athletes than just the sports that we play. And we have a unique opportunity to make our views known to influence change. And I'm not talking about myself necessarily. I'm talking about the, the big time athletes, the, the ones that you see on TV every day, the ones that are doing these maybe philanthropic events or they're going to these high profile places. They have, a good opportunity to be a mouthpiece for people that are forgotten about and 
as long as they're not damaging anyone, as long as they're not attacking anyone per se, uh, there's nothing, I, I personally feel that there's nothing wrong with advocating about certain issues. You, you don't have to advocate about every issue across the board, but uh, you can pick a couple important ones to you personally, and if every star athlete did that, I'm sure a lot of people would listen to them more, and, and uh, we could all kind of have a little bit of a different perspective. And I, you, you say you think it's brave, but I just think that it's kind of the era I've grown up with and uh, with all the social media presence and, and all that, it's so easy to A, access information and B, send it right back out. Um, so I'm sure if this was 15 years ago, I'm sure there would have been uh, plenty of players doing the same. And I feel as if uh, moving forward, there will hopefully be guys that are fine with uh, with expressing their views. And and just to wrap that point up, I don't plan on going into a locker room uh, and having these kinds of conversations in person. I, when I go to play, I'm, I'm there to play, but um, I think that my Twitter and, and Facebook are, are appropriate avenues to kind of channel what I'm seeing and what, what I'm thinking. Yeah. So mo- moving ba- back to y- your kind of actual career playing, um, as you approach, you know, you'll be at this combine and, and then the draft. There's there's certainly a lot of, of uh, media attention put specifically on you. Is that how are you adjusting to that kind of sudden or or gradual um, introduction into this kind of spotlight? Um, I would say I'm kind of. I don't know. I, I really don't know how to answer that question, to be honest. I, I try not to look too much into the media attention that I'm getting. Um, I just think that uh, I need to focus on what I'm doing. And if I take care of myself and, and I play at a high level and I comport myself in a, in a proper manner, I think that um, I'll be in a good position and... It, what's really important is how I feel about myself and how the people right around me feel about me. And if I'm putting the best version of myself out there, then I can confidently look at myself and say that I, I just, I'm in the best position to succeed and I don't need someone else getting in my head because no matter how well or how poorly I'm doing, I feel as if there's always going to be people who either love me or hate me or think I'm doing great or criticize me. And I just really want to try to stay as level-headed as possible through the highs and lows and, and really just want to work as hard as I can and not let anyone else kind of deter me from that. Who are the, the, the people that you kind of um, look to to kind of usher you through these types of things? Mentors or is that um, coaching staff uh, that you still – talk to from Duke? Is that family or who, who are the maybe uh, mentors in your life right now? Uh, I would say it's definitely on the family. Um, just everyone in my family is extremely supportive, but we've also seen this process go with like a couple of my friends and we kind of know a little bit of what to expect and, and they just want to make sure that no matter what happens, they know that I know that they're supporting me 100% um, on a 
more specific level, I think my brother is just someone who's really smart about uh, a lot of a lot of those things, and and I definitely have more conversations about that with him, uh, and just how to deal with kind of the pressures of becoming uh, a professional uh, while also trying to maximize my opportunities and 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 yeah, my chances I get. Uh, you're you've also you know you, right now we're, I'm talking to you while you are uh, in Bradenton. You've been with the uh, U.S. under twenties. Uh, most recently in in Costa Rica, you were playing. What what's your experience been like with um, with U.S. youth squads? What have you learned from that? Um, it's been a really positive experience. I think the great the biggest thing I learned is just about professionalism because when I started with the U.S. youth teams, I was one of the uh, I was in the minority as a non-professional. And uh, looking at kind of some of the guys that I've played with, I would say they kind of showed me the way and, and helped me understand how, kind of what it's going to take to make it. And, and I see some of them as well struggling at their clubs, and I see how much work they're putting in to kind of get their big breakthrough. Um, so I think that kind of being around them kind of instilled this work ethic that, I'm going to have to do that and more if I'm going to be able to have as successful of a career as I would like to. Um, but also just playing against international teams, playing against guys that have played for, that play for like the Arsenal, Man U, uh, the Bundesliga. I mean, just playing against those guys reminds you that we're at their level, if not better. We're just as good as them. We've matched up against them. We've given them hard times and, and it just gives us all, as a group, the confidence to to know that moving through qualifying and, and the World Cup, we should be in, in good shape. Um, but we have to take it a step at a time, of course, and, and know that every game is like a final. Uh, while you were in Costa Rica, I know that um, Minnesota United head coach Adrian Heath was there. Did did you get a chance to chat with him, or did, or did they kind of keep you secluded from interlopers like him? Uh, no, I, I didn't get to okay. see him. I actually didn't really know he was there. Oh, okay. Well, he was. <laughs> um, but I did want to ask you, you did come to, to Minnesota and you had a, a, a training stint uh, with Minnesota United during during this last NASL season. Um, wh- what was wh- what was your experience there? Uh, and, and I also know that you, you kind of changed your flight to stick around to watch the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a good experience there. I was there for a week, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, let me think. Uh, oh, okay, it was right after my camp in England. And so, yeah, no, I, I hopped right in. I mean, the weather was a little bit chilly, but I hopped right in, and, and I felt pretty comfortable. I felt that um, the coaching staff was very, very receiving. And granted, I hadn't been playing for maybe a week, uh, leading up to that, I had a week off in between the camp and, and going to Minnesota. Uh, I don't feel as if that reflected, and, and the players were super welcoming as well. Um, as you said, I got to stay for a game. Uh, unfortunately, they lost the Cosmos, but it was still a good experience. I thought that they had a lot of chances to win that game. Um, and I was actually on the field kind of sitting with some of the guys that weren't in the squad. So I know it was a little bit short to get a full grasp 
of, of Minnesota, but I think that uh, I was able to show them a little bit about myself uh, as a player, as a person, and they were able to show me a lot about their organization. Um, so, yeah, it was a productive week. Yeah. As a, you know, we talked a little bit about being a soccer player. I w- wonder what your interaction with soccer is otherwise in terms of uh, do you watch a lot of soccer? And if so, who, who are you watching? Who, who are you trying to um, learn from when, when you watch them? I'd say I'd watch a decent amount of soccer. Um, definitely in high school I watched a lot more, but through college I was a little bit busy and scheduling purposes kind of made it a little bit tougher to watch live, live soccer. But I'd say I uh, I like to watch Benzema play a lot. In terms of a guy in my position, I think that he's just like a, a naturally gifted player who who moves freely around the field. Uh, is obviously a good finisher. Um, and then, having been born in France, I've been watching the French national team. So, aside from the scandal that he's been going through the past couple of years, uh, I'd seen him a lot on TV with with the French as well. So, to see him at the top of his game from the moment he got transferred from Lyon when he was like 21, 22 to Real and putting up 20 goal seasons, I think that's a, a testament to his talent and something that I like about him. Then, then I want to go back to to thinking about um, you know talked a little bit about the draft, but um, the the kind of moment that that you're in where um, you've got a lot you've got a lot coming up in front of you um, where some of it's left to chance and things like that in terms of where you end up uh, playing soccer where you know and then how your career could develop develop differently in those places. How easy is it to um, to look forward with those things, and, and you can only control so much about about that. But you're also, um, I imagine, uh, very excited to <laughs> you, you want to go out there and you want to uh, start playing professionally and score some goals. What can you control in those situations, and and how do you kind of um, deal with that uh, emotionally or, or psychologically? I think the biggest thing I can control um, through this process would be my expectations. And whether that be my expectations about my rookie season, my expectations about what selection I'm going to go, what team I'm going to, I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. Uh, because since a lot of it is left up to chance, left up to different people, um, basically left not as much up to me, I think that it's important that I just keep an open mind about everything because I feel as I genuinely feel as if anywhere I go, I, if I have the right attitude, if I'm coming to training every day to work hard, listening to my coaches, I'm I'm taking it all in stride and learning a lot. I feel that that is the biggest thing that I can do to help my career, help my team, uh, and 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 all that. But if I kind of expect I have all these things that I want to do moving forward, and and the second they go wrong, that's when I start. And I think it's okay. Yeah, it's not going to work out. I start self-doubting and all that. So I think um, self-expectations would be the biggest thing that uh, I have to control, and that I've been kind of controlling the past six months or so since I signed and been waiting for this draft. But at the same time, you're right. It is very, very exciting, and and I'm definitely ready to 
find a team that I'll be at on the long term. Uh, since I had spent like six weeks at Charleston, I spent a week in Minnesota, I spent a couple weeks in or a week in New York. So I've been traveling a lot, and I'm looking forward to kind of settling down and, and pushing on from there. Yeah, finally having a, a little bit of, of stability so you can just think about soccer for a little while. That that sounds probably probably yeah. like a good idea. Um, I'm also going to skip back once more and ask about, um, I'm curious uh, if there's a particular um, thing that caused, uh, that sparked your kind of uh, interest in soccer and, and your love in it. Was it? Was it just kind of playing from from an early age, as you said, or or um, did, was that kind of fueled by by other people kind of uh, steering you in in particularly good directions? Yeah, I think it was just playing from an early age uh, and growing up in a soft in a family that that really liked the sport. Just, it just felt natural to follow follow my brother's lead, and then uh, as I became better, obviously, the better you are at something, the more you like it, and then. And then also the friends I made uh, were like-minded, so it was just easy to bounce off, bounce off of each other, uh, and I love for the game. So, um, yeah. yeah. Um, well, well, thanks. That, that's kind of what I was looking for at this stage. Um, I'm looking forward to kind of chatting with you uh, again, hopefully around around the time of the draft. But in the meanwhile. Um, Good luck uh, getting through, you know, finishing up in Bradenton and then going out to L.A. and, and going through all, all the stress of all of that. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, my name is Jackson Ewell. I'm from Bloomington, Minnesota. I'm a midfielder, and I play for UCLA. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for joining me on the podcast, Jackson. Um, you came up through the, the Minnesota Thunder Academy, and uh, now you've been playing at UCLA and just got announced that you're a Generation Adidas player going into the MLS draft. And I wanted to start by just a basic question about you on the pitch, which is um, how do you describe yourself on the pitch? What What are what are the roles that you tend to favor and, and what do you kind of think of yourself as when you, when you play in your optimal situation? Um, like I said, I'm a midfielder. And so uh, I really like to be a box to box player, you know, someone who can get up and down the field, um, create chances for my team, um, but also defending as well, um, kind of come back and help with that aspect. Um, I think kind of my qualities is my intelligence. Um, I think I'm able to, and my control with the ball, so I think I'm able to help relieve some pressure out of the back and through the midfielders and then um, be really decisive and quick in the attacking area where I'm able to create quick goal-scoring opportunities and um, kind of keep the ball in possession when we need to and when we need to go forward and score goals. I think I'm able to help our offense, you know, create opportunities and score goals. What kind of – I'm trying to think of how to get to, you know, what what kind of – uh, what gives you the most kind of joy uh, when you're when you're playing, which is you know whether it's goal scoring or being one of those uh, players who just absolutely loves uh, executing a, a perfect crunching tackle, or 
you know, threading a long, uh, long pass through the defense. What, what are the types of plays that you, that you look back on having done and, and look back with the most kind of excitement? Um, for me, I mean, everyone loves to score, I think. Um, but for me, I think it's um, connecting so many passes, which really like defeats the other team where you just make them look like they're not even in the same game as you where you're just passing it around them and passing it around them, and then, boom, you score a goal. Um, I think, if I can think um, of my favorite one, is our first game last year against Maryland. Uh, we kicked off, and we connected, I think, 24 passes or something like that, which led to, I played a, I think, really nice through ball to Brian, and then he was able to score, or play across to Jason and score. So I think just, uh, not necessarily the scoring part, but the building up to scoring, um, where it's so elegant, where you just look back and you're like, wow, we really played some good soccer there. And I think that for me is my favorite, where I get the most enjoyment out of soccer. How did you fall in love with soccer? Um, well, I've been playing since I was really young. Um, I started playing off with my sister's team um, just because they needed some subs. And my whole family plays it. And so I think just um, being in a family who just loves soccer and loves being around soccer, I think I just adapted the soccer way and so I reached a lot of I made a lot of good friends through soccer which really made me love the sport even more you know you get to spend all the time with them you get to play with them you get to win and lose with them and so I think um, being around a community um, such as my family and where I ended up I think that's really what made me fall in love with soccer yeah and I guess I, I could have asked like are you even in love it may be something that you're just good at and you enjoy but but is it something that do you actually define as like doing something that that you love when when you're out there yeah um i i love the sport i love everything about it um i think when i step on the field i'm a new person um i like to i like to play with a smile on my face um i think that's the most enjoyable um winning and losing is good but i just love to play the sport um which is why i like to yeah just love to play the sport love it love everything about it what were maybe what are the formative experiences for you as as a player um where you you felt you kind of made uh significant jumps uh, or development um i think the first one when i um got noticed by a national team um i think being open to seeing all these top end players playing together and then traveling overseas and seeing that level i think that definitely um kind of started my initial jump forward um, and then I think the second one was going to UCLA um, I think being in a competitive program um, such as UCLA where um, you play every day you play competitive every day and you have such a hard but quick season um, really kind of jumped forward me again and so I think those two moments are the ones that really kind of boosted my level um, significantly um, and I was going to ask about UCLA then what is that has that been a good experience in terms of just being being with the next step up of uh, players that you're playing next to, or, or what has that experience taught you exactly? Um, well, I think yeah, definitely taught me a lot. On um, the past year and a half or so, has been um, a lot of fun. Uh, I love. I think UCLA is a great program, um, and what's even better, uh, they bring in the great, the best players around the country. Um, which means you're practicing with the best players around the country every day. Um, so I think that makes it really competitive because um, everybody wants to start. And so 
really have to try really hard each practice and prove yourself um, so you can play in the games because the season is so short that you really have to be on the top of your game every moment of every day. And so I think being in an environment such as UCLA really like helped me a lot uh, in growing as a person and maturing a lot, which I think uh, really good for me this year. Um, I think I was able to come out each game and um, play as best as I could and not take any moments off. But from the beginning, you've kind of always had your eyes on on being a professional, right? You were you've been kind of you from the beginning. It seems like you haven't really wanted to go do the four years at UCLA, but you wanted to do some time and, and then try to go pro as soon as you as possible. Um, was it hard to to wait? You know, even just the the two years. Um, of course, I, I think I wanted I've uh, put my dream since I was a little kid to become a professional athlete. Which, yeah, that'd make it hard to, you know, keep waiting and waiting. But I think um, last year was my decision to stay. I think um, this year um, really helped me. Uh, I don't think I was, may have been ready, but I don't think I was fully ready for the task at hand of becoming a professional athlete, which I think this year really helped me. And so I think this is the perfect timing for me to uh, make the next step forward. And when you're talking about being ready, is that as much a, a mental uh, thing as as much as um, uh, you know, feeling like your your skill set or your physicality is ready. Uh, yeah, it's the same. I think um, both, especially my mental capacity. You know, you're um, playing against all these extraordinary athletes on a daily basis, and um, I think it really gets me, it gets you. And um, I think both levels, I've matured a lot uh, physically, um, skill wise, and mentally in the past year. And which is really good, I think, um, for this next step. So coming up uh, in, in a week and a half for you, you've got the big MLS draft, which has a lot of consequences for you and your career. Uh, there's a lot of different ways your life could go, depending on just basically one day. Um, are you are you panicking, or, or, or what are you feeling as you as you look forward to that? Okay. Um, I think I'd be lying if I say I wasn't nervous. Um, I think being nervous is a good part of this process. Um, I think the most exciting thing for me, I think, is the challenge. Um, I've always loved a challenge. And so I couldn't say that I'm not going to be ready or there's going to be consequences because wherever I end up, I end up. And um, I think I'm just ready for the next step and to prove myself and, you know, play soccer, which I love uh, to do every day. And so I think the challenge I'm ready to take. Do you find yourself reading or thinking about draft pr- predictions and, and like suddenly researching what Houston would be like? Or uh, I mean, do you do you uh, do you imagine different scenarios for yourself, or is that would that drive you mad? Oh uh, no, I I that <laughs> um, I mean it drives me a little crazy sometimes, you know, thinking of different places. But I think that's the excitement in it too. Uh, but yeah, I definitely have um, looked into a, a lot of places recently. Um, you know, just picturing myself, what it'd be like in that environment with that coaching staff, with that playing style. And I think um, it doesn't make, it make me a little nervous, but it makes me even more excited to um, be in such an environment like those. And you've also got, before that, you've got the combine as well. Um, does that, do you have any worries about that or, or nerves or thoughts about that? Or are you just kind of, you've got to go do your job and then you're looking forward to the, the, the draft. Yeah, I mean, um, I think this whole process um, has me a little anxious, but I think I'm just going to go there and play how I usually play and 
I think the rest will work itself out. But I'm really excited for this the combine week and for draft day. Um, I think both will be a really good experience for me. What kind of advice are you getting from people going into either the combine or the draft? Um, just the I think biggest advice is to be myself. Um, you know, when you're on the field, play how you play. Um, and then I think around the coaching, uh, the coaching staff, when uh, you meet them, I think just be yourself, you know, uh, be ready, um, prepared, and have fun with it uh, is probably the best advice I've gotten, um, just to be yourself. Your, your father, uh, Mark, is a coaching director at, at Minnesota Thunder Academy, and so he's obviously had a, a, a close role in terms of uh, your growth as a, as a player. What has that kind of uh, provided for you, having having him be in that role? Um, I think having a dad as a coach and kind of always lingering around his career is, I think, really helpful for me. Um, you know, I don't only just have the support of a coach, but he's also my dad. And so whenever I was feeling down, he was he really knew me the best out of anyone. So I think really he was able to help me um, kind of get over some of the humps that I had. Um, and keep moving forward. Uh, so I think it was really good having him uh, growing up as a coach and around the program. Um, he's a good coach, uh, which really helped me. Um, and I'm really thankful for for that. Are there other um, uh, mentors in your life that, that the people who are giving you kind of advice and, and helping usher you from this kind of, you know, amateur status into this pro status? Um, yeah, I think... Um, another, I think my coach, all my coaches have been fantastic for me. Um, I haven't been, I've only been really to two clubs with a few coaches, but um, I think Ralph Lacalle, my dad, um, Rob Zoll, all from Minnesota um, Academy, really helped me um, get to where I am today. And then I think uh, with Jorge Salcedo, um, I think he was really able to push me over the hump and get me ready for the uh, for this opportunity. And so I think both coaches. Um, or all my coaches past eight years, ten years um, have been extraordinary. So yeah. There's the obvious Minnesota connection, and you've trained with Minnesota United o- over the last few years, a few times. Uh, have there been any conversations with Minnesota uh, about this draft? I mean, do you? Is there any sort of contact that happens? Uh, I mean, not on my end. I like to. I'm an, I'd like to focus on uh, just the draft in general, and so I let my um, my advisors, my parents, my agents, um, all that sort of stuff. Um, talk to the teams individually until it's my opportunity to talk to them at draft day. So I think um, I'm just open to any minds necessary. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is there? Uh, did you grow up uh, watching? Like the Minnesota Thunder and and Minnesota any the stars. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, uh, some of the but yeah, uh, I mean, being a kid from Minnesota, um, I was like going out to the National Sports Center and watching their games, um, especially um, not so much when I was younger and younger, but I think when it when I started training with them um, the past two summers, I some more games started focusing on the team more. Um, because it was cool to have them, um, kind of be able to play with them, and then being able to watch them in front of a big crowd, uh, which is really cool for me. So I think, I think as the years went on, I started paying more and more attention to them. Yeah, what, what sort of experience was that 
like um, in terms of, you know, I've, I've actually been at training a few times when, when you've been out there. Um, in terms of jumping in with these guys who are uh, 10 years older, uh, a few years, just in their, in their professional careers and kind of jumping in uh, and training with them and kind of getting a feel for yourself and, and, and for what it's like to be in the, the, a professional training environment. I think it was really good for me. Um, both summers that I trained with them, uh, you know, everyone there is really nice and uh, really brought me in. You know, um, they know that I'm from Minnesota, asked me so many questions and kind of showing me the initial ropes to how to be a professional, which was really good, I think. Um, but training with them was extraordinary. Um, it was a lot of fun getting to know some of the players um, and having them show me how their lifestyle works, how professional lifestyle works. Even though I wasn't, wasn't quite there, um, as in I was still in college, I think they really um, kind of um, helped me and were mentoring me um, while I turned to them for those few weeks during summer, uh, which was really, really fun to be a part of. So they took you out to the club until 3 a.m.? That's, that's what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I guess... Um, I guess that's kind of what I was looking for at this stage. You know, I, I, like I said, I'd love to catch up at the draft, and I'll, I'll track you down there, um, hopefully, and, and, and try to get a few words kind of looking back. Um, I imagine things will be looking a lot differently at that point. But uh, thanks for giving me a, a little bit of time, and uh, and I, I really appreciate that. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing you and, and uh, seeing what happens for you next week. Yeah, no problem. I'm super excited for it. Yeah, great. Well, good luck.